Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Your Ben Jarofsky show. Oh, what a week it was. Lori at the dock of the bay. Oh, <laughs> she was in San Francisco. So <laughs> it's brought to you by SEIU Healthcare, Illinois, Indiana, the Chicago Federation of Labor, our sponsors, as well as Chicago Reader and Chicago Teachers Union. ChicagoReader.com for all things there is to know the city of Chicago. Go check it out. Subscribe. And you can become a binhead. ChicagoReader.com forward slash Jarofsky. Ben, we haven't done this in a while, but we have a song of the week. I mean, it's from me because no one is on the live stream chat right now. Live stream chat. Wake up. Where are you at? <laughs> Say hi or something. Anything. Uh, your song of the week in reference to the title, Sitting at the Dock of the Bay. Go. Oh, come on, man. Otis Redding. Sitting in the moon. Come on, D. Now I'm just going to jazz it up. Morning. Come. Hey, how about the part that everyone knows? <laughs> oh, the whistle? No. <laughs> the sitting oh, at the back of the bay part, please. Yeah. You've, I've heard that song two million times, and all of a sudden, when I'm trying to recollect it, Drawing a blank, and all I can think of is L.A. proved too much for the man, too much for him. So he's leaving, which may be top five favorite songs of all time. Now, uh, live stream chat, we can get some talk going here. People say sitting at the dock of the bay. Uh, Radiohead creep is uh, very parallel to sitting at the dock of the bay. Way in. Oh, there's the live stream chat. Joan. <laughs> HM Chicago, you were at the uh, hideout. What's up? Yes. And Michael Girardi. All right. The Ben Jarofsky Show, Oh, What a Week It Was, starts now. It is Friday, July 9th, and still live from my apartment and his attic. We don't have a studio. This is the Ben Jarofsky Show. Now your host, Chicago Reader columnist, Ben Jarofsky. Yeah, hello everybody, Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this The Lake is Rising Friday, and here's why. Because the lake is rising. That was <laughs> <It's> good. <rising. laughs> yeah, well, what can I say? Uh, this has been on my mind ever since I read the New York Times story. I read it yesterday. I don't know when it actually dropped. People are talking about it. I've been getting texts from people. Ben, did you read this story? It's so funny. I said it to people. They said it to me. You know what story's popular when I'm receiving it? as a homework assignment from people and I'm delivering it as a homework assignment to people. As I said earlier, Mike Novak, uh, where I just finished interviewing uh, environmentalist Mike Novak about the uh, issue that's show will drop Sunday, uh, a battle between a great city and a great lake be, uh, by Dan Egan. Guess who's losing everybody. The lake's losing. The Damn city's it. losing <laughs> folks. Climate change is a real deal. And you know, Chicagoans are, are very pragmatic in this. They're like, well, you know, climate change is something that happens somewhere else. 
You know, it's not Chicago. It's like that joke in Annie Hall. I don't know what I'm supposed to call, uh, uh, quote Woody Allen anymore, but it's a funny joke where the kid re- learns somewhere. He's like 13 years old or 10 years old or whatever. And he learns that the world is, the universe is constantly expanding. And that one day, billions of years from now, it'll explode. And so He's just overcome with the existential angst about it. And his worried mother takes him to the rabbi and the, she tells him and the, the rabbi says, what's the matter, son? He goes, the earth is going to blow up. Uh, and so I, what's the point of doing homework? And the mother says to the son, what's that to you? You live in Brooklyn. All right. I just thought it was hilarious. Many years later, I still quote it. That's Chicago. Well, yeah, climate change is something that people care about in, I don't know, San Francisco. We'll be talking about that in a little while. But not Chicago. We have buildings to build and developers to give handouts to. And a a horrible murder carnage in our streets to look the other way from. So, yeah, things like Climate change don't affect us. Meanwhile, lake is rising. And these videos that they have of the lake pounding the buildings on the south side, just pounding and washing them away. Potential situation like they have it in uh, Miami. Anyway, that is on my mind. A Battle Between a Great City and a Great Lake by Dan Egan in the New York Times. I urge everybody to check it out and check out the show on Sunday, we will drop that uh, Mike Novak show on Sunday. All right, without further ado, the man, myth, the legend, pride and joy of all Illinois with Oh, what a week it was. Dr. D, take it away. Hey, how's it going? Name's Dennis. Hey, everybody, check out Mike Novak uh, online. Uh, He was a radio wizard. Now he's like us and online only. Find the Mike Novak show. Go check it out. Uh, Great guy. Love Mike Novak. I'm glad that uh, you've warmed up to Mike Novak as well, Ben. Wait, time out. I've known Mike. No, get warmed up to him. I I used to play softball against the guy was a great softball player, by the way. I alluded to that. Yeah, I heard you played against him and had some very nasty things to say. (laughs) So I'm glad you've warmed up to him. Oh, that's funny. By the way, he looks like a rock star these days. He's letting his hair get a little shaggy there, Mike Novak. I'm yeah. just saying. Let's a little scissors, huh? That's like a little clip clip. The dude abides. He looks like uh the big Lebowski or something. <laughs> no, he looks like Randy Johnson. Yeah, that's he, a, a big unit. Either that or yeah, like a big uh, an old major league pitcher. Way to go, Mike Novak. All right. Let's find out what happened in Chicago and or Illinois this week. It's time for Oh, What a Week It Was, Lori at the Dock of the Bay. <laughs> we begin in Illinois, and we begin with Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker. Let's begin with phase one. Never again. <laughs> Never again. I hate to say it, but I fear there will be again on this one. No. Anyway. No. No, there will not be. The enemy is oh, you. Oh, how rude. <laughs> uh, you're the enemy, D. Apparently a busy week for the governor. And it really seemed to be one of those weeks that the governor uh, would have had before this damn dirty coronavirus and the pandemic. He signed legislation creating more inclusion in school environments and curriculum. He joined a rally in Chicago for immigrant and refugee rights. He warned the public about bogus emails and texts purporting to be from state government offices and agencies. He signed a new law increasing access to health care across Illinois, and he urged Illinoisans to donate blood. 
with blood supplies across the nation and here in Illinois at critically low levels. Now is the time for our fellow Illinoisans to help out. It doesn't affect the quality of your immune system. It's safe and it very well could save a life. What say you, random lady? While summer is traditionally a time when blood donations do decline, Mm -hmm. this year is particularly challenging as many Americans receive their vaccinations, resume summer activities, and after more than a year of limited interactions are doing what's fun and what we all want to do, but it's leading to lower turnout. Well, you sounded very friendly. So yeah, just a list of kind of boring events that could be summed up in one paragraph for the governor this week. We're getting back to normal, Ben. (laughs) <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm trying not to laugh. Where did you... <laughs> oh, by the way, that was American Red Cross's Joy Squires. Okay. Um, anyway, it's an important message that she had, but I'll tell you what. <laughs> For a millennial, this guy's roots are in AM radio in roughly 1982. I love it. When he plays those little clips, ladies and gentlemen, it just cracks me up every time. Oh, <laughs> uh, Lord, Yes. I, 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 there's something about J.B. Pritzker that there's just there's some about the guy. It's hard for me to explain the it, policies don't matter. I feel you know it's like a Chicagoans attitude toward Richard M. Daly. That's what it's like. You know they just liked him, and they didn't care what he did or how corrupt his administration was or you know how how much carnage there was in the streets in Chicago or uh, insiders feeding at the trough. They, they just liked them. You know what I'm saying? And, and I always, I couldn't understand it. I, like, I never felt that about Richard M. Daly at all. So I felt very alienated in the city that I live in, but I, I can appreciate it now because there's just something about JB Pritzker. He's just, I don't It's just when he does that, like the enemy is, you know, it just, you know, it just seems like a regular guy, even though he's a billionaire. You know, you could, hey, he could, could buy the Ben Jarofsky show like that. And by the way, if the price is right, let's go. Let's yeah. have lunch somewhere. I heard he had a message for poor tippers. The enemy is you. Okay. <laughs> hey, we're all not millionaires, buddy. Uh, you know, actually, I was just talking about this with my dear friend Cap last night. I was watching a game with him about uh, how... T- Sometimes the wealthiest people are the cheapest people. And that got us into a discussion of Michael Jeffrey Jordan versus Scottie Pippen. Who is the cheapest on the ball? Oh, no Tippin' Pippen? Yes. He had a nickname. <laughs> and uh, Cap, who loves Michael Jeffrey Jordan so much that at the last night he was wearing a Michael Jeffrey Jordan T-shirt as we watched the game, uh, was saying that uh, if if you have a nickname for being cheap, then you've really earned uh, <laughs> that title. So yeah, I got to say on the court, they're both amazing athletes, but off the court, I'm just going to say it both kind of seem like douchebags. Just saying. I will never, ever, ever say anything bad about Michael Jeffrey Jordan. And and why you ask, I'll just say one thing. Six as in the number of championships (laughs) he brought to the city of Chicago, this loser city (laughs) that's built on a swamp. They Novak was so brilliant when he was talking about the the psyche of Chicago and said they're so proud that they reversed the flow of the Chicago River so that it would carry their sewage, would not dump their sewage into Lake Michigan. Instead, it would carry it down to St. Louis. Just think about that, D. I never really thought about this before. This is Chicagoans are really proud of this. 
We reverse the flow of the Chicago River, Ben. And that's part of what makes Chicago a great city. We're a can-do city. Make no small plans. Meanwhile, we're dumping our crap in St. Louis. Does anybody care? Ben, who cares about St. Louis? Find him at your next environmental rally, Ben Jarofsky. You're going full on hippie here, bud. Anyway, where were we? So you like J.B. Pritzker. Oh, I like J.B. Pritzker. Thank you. Wow, I completely forgot where where I was. Like this morning, I completely forgot who I interviewed yesterday. So this is like, oh, my God, this guy's going around the deep end. If you were polled uh, about J.B. Pritzker and uh, if you liked him, you would say yes. Of course, no one's going to poll you because you're just in your attic like a crazy weirdo. But (laughs) that's interesting that you say that Uh, because we do have some poll numbers to discuss. The latest Ogden and Fry poll asked the people of Illinois their thoughts on the governor these days. Uh, Ben, I forgot, by the way, are you more of an Ogden or Fry guy? I'm a fry. I love French fries. Oh, okay. And I love fried eggs. That's great. It's a person, but that's cool. Uh, They polled the people of Illinois their thoughts on the governor these days. The poll shows... Oh, wait, hold on. Let me get my uh, poll music. The poll (laughs) shows 72% of respondents in Cook County view Governor J.B. Pritzker favorably. And 52% of those in the collars feel the same. Now, unsurprising, 38% of downstate respondents view the governor favorable. And 51% of those respondents see him, and boy, this is putting it lightly, in an unfavorable light. (laughs) (laughs) Still not changed, Ben. The people downstate are still not getting on board the Pritzker train. What's up with that? Well, nope. And uh, as I like to point out, I was unaware of this great divide until one young Dr. D, young Denny, uh, showed me <laughs> we were on the train <laughs> in the old days when we were at a studio and we took the train to, uh, back home from the studio and home. We took the train together and he showed me, look, look at these Facebook postings from downstate. <laughs> oh, my God. They hate Pritzker. You would think that Pritzker was some kind of weird, bizarre tyrant. This was before the pandemic. This is before masks. This is before shutdown and all. They just hated him. They just hated the guy. And, uh, yes, there's this great divide. Uh, so, D, you know, it's really a perplexing thing about ideology and how it takes hold in our country. This goes back. It's so fresh in my mind. Our conversation with Mike Novak, we were talking, he was going on and on about how uh, climate change is impacting the weather and uh, it's really impacting farming. Uh, sometimes it's, it's either too much rain or not enough rain. Uh, farmers in California are having to switch their crops that they grow uh, because it, like the almond growers, so long, there's just not enough water to sustain that um, that crop. And uh, it occurred to me that the folks who are strongest uh, f- Republicans are the ones who are getting hammered the hardest by the impact of climate change. It's so bizarre and twisted. You know, you would think that just from a practical level, people who see firsthand the impact of what man is doing to our environment would be urging some kind of change. But we live in a very bizarre time. So 
Downstaters cannot stand J.B. Pritzker. Do you have more about this, Pulte? Because uh, those numbers that you gave me are very interesting in themselves. But do you have more to say about this poll? Uh, no. Well, there was some stuff on that Giannoulis guy or whatever. But, you know, oh, I want right, people listening. So I, we, it was just Pritzker. So. Okay. Well, uh, I would say just looking at these numbers that uh, J.B. Pritzker is looking pretty good if he chooses to run for re- Remember that he let – suggested it was I forget who the interview was with was a, we, we talked about this a couple of months ago that he may not run again you know he may not run for re-election he yeah. was talk, I talked over with my family remember that one day yeah, yeah. Uh, so the uh, campaign really kicks off with Labor Day uh, because the primary will be in uh, 2022 in March no no I believe they moved it back did they not I believe they moved it back. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's in June. Anyway, so, but the campaign, you know, traditionally kicks off uh, in uh, in the fall uh, preceding the um, the year of the election. So it's right around the corner. Uh, there's already uh, one woman from Chicago, a nurse, who has announced that she's running against the Democratic primary. And uh, this just numbers look good. 72% favorable rating in Cook County, uh, 52% in the Collar Counties. Uh, and 38%, which is higher, 38% is roughly what that's for Trump country, D? Did we get 38%? I don't know. I mean, think about it. That's like roughly four out of 10. How about that for math, huh? So, what <laughs> a wizard. Whoa. Is the host of this show Dan Biss? Um, so, D. Thank God, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> for 10 trivia points, young Dennis. What city is Dan Biss the mayor of? Ooh, um, Mathville. No, that's not a thing. Um, <laughs> Nerdville. Not a thing. Evanston. Yes, Evanston, my beloved hometown, which is about to implement a TIF. I get a call from Evanston residents. I know this is a tangent within a tangent. And they go, Ben, you have to, talk, you have to come to our aid. There's this TIF coming to Evanston. Evanston, I've just heard preliminaries of this TIF. And let me just say it. This is the dumbest TIFF idea. I've just heard the preliminaries. So maybe you could convince me, Evanston, you know, that's going to be a great thing. But like, what is it, Evanston? You just want to replicate the stupidity of Chicago? I mean, why are you imitating Chicago, Evanston? Sorry, D. Didn't mean to go. Dad Bish, you're now the mayor of Evanston. No more ducking and dodging on TIFFs. No more ducking and dodging on subsidies and handouts to developers. You got to take a stand. Uh, <laughs> and no more story problems when you give speeches, all right? You make everybody feel stupid. Uh, HM Chicago weighed in on the live stream chat. He says, I'm intrigued to hear what Lori's approval ratings are within Cook County. Uh, I as well, but surprisingly, they're like really good. <laughs> Usually, yeah, right? Like, it's, uh, surprisingly, I Chicago wins. Man, everything that I don't like about Chicago. Folks, if you want to know how a mayor is doing... Just listen to what I say about the mayor or read what I say about the mayor and then go, oh, the mayor must be doing well. If I'm critical of the mayor, Chicagoans love her. That's all you need to know. So if a mayor is a bully and I'm upset about it, you could be darned sure, darn sure about that, D. I caught myself. Darn sure. Thank you. That she's immensely popular throughout the city. Chicagoans love a tough mayor. Uh, Yeah. She should have punched Jeanette Taylor instead of just talking at her. I'm a Chicagoan. So uh, anyway, those numbers look pretty good. 38%. So here's my point. So mathematics. Imagine if you took 10 Altonians 
and put them in a all room. nights. But go ahead. Oh, is that what it is? No, I don't it's know. not Altonians. <laughs> all nights. That's like me when I call MAGA MAGAites. But so if you took ten Altonites or Altonians, whatever it is, put them in a room, four of them would be for Pritzker. Think about that. Yeah, I'm having trouble believing that. <laughs> I know. I'm like, well, that's what I'm saying. I'm like 38%. Is there a Pritzker family down in Alton that they just polled? Come on, Ogden and Fry. Let's get, I want to see who you polled. I know you didn't call me. <laughs> no. I'm calling that hippie. Um, in HM, so I think. Oh, go ahead. More. Uh, I was going to say more Lori Lightfoot talk say coming that, up. Uh, I, the poll looks good for Pritzker. Go ahead. Dude. More Lightfoot talk coming up, HM. Do not worry. Plenty of Lightfoot talk coming up. By the way, uh, you just uh, were talking about it. Pritzker still has not yet announced that he'll seek a second term. I'm not a perfect person. Wow. If, if JB does not run a second time, I'll be shocked. But man. That'll throw things up for crabs. Everyone will be running. Oh, my God. Yeah. Biss will go out. Evanston, I'm out of here. I'm out of here. In fact, young Dennis has been thinking of throwing his hat. Hey, now, would you not? I was going to save that for next week. (laughs) Hi, I'm Dr. D, and I want to be your next governor. And speaking of, hey, there are a few Republicans out there still looking to become the next Illinois governor. Some guy named Rabin, who's really good at parking lots. Some guy named Schimpf. That's all we really know about him. And of course, some hog farming big feller from downstate named DB, Darren Bailey. That is correct. (laughs) We haven't talked about DB in a while. And for those wondering, yes, he is still actively running to become governor. And after the news we're about to share with all of you, Bailey may have solidified his spot as the Republican frontrunner. State Senator Darren Bailey has a new radio ad out. It's currently playing on conservative talk shows statewide. Ben, have you heard this ad? Oh, yes, because I listen to conservative talk radio every day. That's why I asked it. I know you love it. (laughs) Remember Steve, the ad salesman at the aforementioned station that fired me but promoted you? Yeah. Uh, Yes. He goes, Ben. We're driving somewhere. Let's listen to Rush Limbaugh. The no, fire you we're up. on our way to a, an event, a very progressive uh, Democratic political event. And I guess as an idea for show prep, Steve suggested you listen to Rush Limbaugh. Folks, maybe you now know no, I wasn't the best of fit for that station. It's just the ad sales. You know, Rush is really good at this, Ben. You can learn a lot from him. <sighs> All right, so how about just putting sports talk on, Stevie? Okay, just put something else. What? Really? (laughs) All right, so this ad, it's kind of what you'd expect. Sort of. I don't know. The ad opens with a toilet flushing. We have the ad, and we're about to play it. Heads up, it sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, that's the sound of Illinois Uh. jobs being flushed away because of Governor Pritzker's liberal policies. While his billionaire friends have prospered, thousands of hardworking families have lost their jobs and been forced out of the state in record numbers. Pritzker's tax and regulate agenda has devastated our local businesses and slowed economic growth. It's time to fire J.B. Pritzker. It's time for bold, conservative leadership. Meet Darren Bailey, a rock-solid <laughs> conservative and third-generation farmer who understands the struggles families face. 
In the state Senate, Bailey led the fight against Pritzker's unconstitutional orders that closed businesses and deprived us of our freedoms. As governor, Bailey will fight to lower taxes, attract new jobs, and get Illinois back on track. It's time to fire J.B. Pritzker, flush away his liberal policies, and put taxpayers first. It's time for Darren Bailey for governor. Paid for by Bailey for Illinois. That is correct. Wow. Uh, first of all, let me just say this. Republicans have, when it comes to J.B. Pritzker, an obsession with toilets. Remember this day? I was just talking oh, about this. Yeah. this brilliant. When J.B. was running for uh, governor against uh, Bruce Rauner, and Dennis and I kind of miss Bruce Rauner. We, uh, he gave us a lot of material. Um, <laughs> that was, I knew that was coming. But it, Pritzker got in trouble. Because of that little uh, tax issue with his property taxes, with his mansion on the Gold Coast, where he was renovating the mansion and, and they took the toilet out. And then uh, then they claimed that it was substandard housing. And so he should get paid less in taxes because there was no toilet. Remember that day? And uh, so then they came up with a campaign. It was like Pritzker plumbing or something. Wasn't that the get? It's been a few yeah, years. Yeah. But that yeah, Pritzker, Pritzker plumbing. That was kind of a clever campaign. I would, I, I gave you credit, Rounder. I go, yeah, it's kind of funny, the Pritzker. Ugh. But, but <laughs> thanks, Ben. <laughs> oh God, when you do the imitation of Rounder, it sounds like he literally is on a toilet. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, but this now, this one with the toilet flushing is disgusting. I just, there's just something about it, the toilet flushing and. I don't know. I'm Republicans. I think you got some obsessions, you know, with toilets. I'm just saying. Well, right, the first time, there. first time was understandable because uh, he totally did rip out the plumbing in his uh, mansion, Pritzker. You know, so it kind of made sense. This one, uh, yeah, I agree. Listen, that's the sound of Illinois jobs being flushed away because of Governor Pritzker's liberal policies. And the other thing deprived us of our freedoms. Wow. Deprived us of our freedoms. He's talking, of course, about at the height of the pandemic, Governor Pritzker, what, ordered businesses closed or made a, uh, said everybody should wear a mask? Our precious freedoms to spread this pandemic, to give everybody this disease. The weird things that Republicans call like freedoms. They got legislation pending in state houses across the country that take away the freedom of historians to teach what? Critical race theory to talk about slavery, to talk about the Civil War. You're not allowed to give a history lesson that will hurt the feelings of a certain group of people. That's not a loss of freedom, but somehow or other. Requiring people to wear a mask when they go in a grocery store. By the way, D, I'm still wearing the mask. I got to tell you, <laughs> I'm the only person in the state of Illinois still wearing the mask. Yesterday I went into, and I got the shot. I went into CVS late at night. Nobody else was wearing a mask. I go, I'm wearing a mask. So anyway, uh, I don't know if that's going to go, you know, D, 
hammering home that somehow or other in the middle of the pandemic, J.B. Pritzker was dep- depriving us of our freedoms. I don't know if that's going to play well in Cook County or in the Collar Counties. I just much. Yeah, that may get D.B. the Republican nomination, but I don't see how it's going to get him statewide. But we got to assume that J.B.'s running again. Right. D.B. Yeah, DB versus JB. I just thought of that. Oh my Ooh. God. Show's over, guys. <laughs> By the way, let's just, uh, you could tell. I know the universe of people who don't listen to the Ben Jarofsky show is larger than the universe of people who do. But I can always tell when someone, I'm talking to someone who doesn't know, it doesn't listen to the Ben Jarofsky show because they have no idea who Darren Bailey is. And we talk about that. We've been talking about DB, Darren Bailey for a long time because we take seriously the rest of the state, in part because young Dennis. As a citizen, is a is, his hometown is Alton from downstate. So we take seriously downstaters. We should be the number one show downstate, D. From you know? your mouth to God's ears, pal. <laughs> and uh, so like, people are talking to some liberal in Chicago, some, uh, excuse me, a progressive in Chicago who listens to WBEZ and reads the Tribune. <laughs> and I'll mention DB, Darren Bailey. Who is that? Oh, I've heard it. I haven't not heard of that on uh, WBEZ. <laughs> so, you know, you're welcome, DB. We're doing our best to make you a brand name throughout the state of Illinois. You're welcome. But you got to really improve that commercial. That commercial, S-U-C-K-S. <laughs> Take your time, DB. You'll figure it out what that spells. Because that's what that commercial <laughs> It's disgusting. All right, more statewide news and more stories about people that about 90% of you listening vehemently disagree with. Republican Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene was in town this week. Hold on, 99.9. Uh, listening on this show, 99 point. I think is there something higher than nine? I think you're 99. underestimating the, uh, the uh, hate listens that we probably get. You know what I mean? Valid point, valid point. So 90 percent, I'd say. Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene was in town this week. She was 200 miles out of Chicago in Effingham, Illinois, and she was effing stumping for fellow (laughs) Republican representative Mary Miller. Ben, help us out here. Who's Mary Miller again? Mary Miller is a congresswoman. Uh, Her district stretches all the way to the southern boundary of Illinois. Remember when uh, Danielle Opples came on the show and chided me for saying she's downstate? Yeah. Ben. You don't know the state like I know the state. I'm Daniel Apples. By the way, I cut a deal with Danny. He's coming back on the show, all right? Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, the corruption in Chicago, one of our favorite topics. Uh, but uh, Mary Miller's the congresswoman recently uh, elected uh, Congress, uh, and uh, she's the one who gave the speech uh, right around. It wasn't at the Trump rally. It was like some adjoining rally, I want to say, January 6th or thereabouts, uh, where she said the immortal line, uh, Hitler was right. <clears throat> oh, yeah, good, that lady. Yeah, that <laughs> not a good line. Not a good line, Mary Miller. And then her her defense was actually worse. Her apology was worse than the is a positive. She just got she just attacked everybody who was offended by what she said. You're taking my words out of context. Like we did something wrong. We didn't say Hitler was right. You said it. Well, what I meant was, oh no, no. <laughs> what I meant, what I meant was, is not a good thing to say. What I meant was. 
So, yes, she said Hitler was right. And her basic point was Hitler's theory is that if you brainwash uh, people at a very early age, like two or three or four, they're yours for life. It doesn't matter if what you brainwash them with is utter drivel or lies or hate. It's just that you own them. And then they're yours for life. And you can control them. And that was, she said, Hitler was right. And so she goes, well, I didn't mean that Hitler was right in that, like, I would have supported Hitler. I just said that, you know, Hitler was right that you should brainwash people at an early age. That's a very interesting distinction there. I hadn't thought of that. So anyway, that's Mary Miller. Marjorie Taylor Greene told the crowd of 400 that she hasn't campaigned for anyone else yet in Congress, but chose Miller, saying, quote, Miller needs your help. We aren't the popular girls in Washington. The crowd tapped it up and donated uh, or lapped it up. I can't read. The crowd lapped it up. Be editing that one uh, and donated one hundred thousand dollars to Miller's reelection campaign. We have more quotes from Green. Quote, they call us insurrectionists. We are patriots. We're actually proud American women. That's exactly who we are. Springfield Bulldog reporter Mark Maxwell said that Green encouraged the hundreds of older voters in attendance. And by the way, if you're wondering if she's changed at all, no, she hasn't. She uh, told uh, encouraged the voters to resist the vaccines. And according to Maxwell, she resorted to bigotry, referring to, quote, the great Chinese pandemic and Muslim members of Congress and their allies as the, quote, jihad squad. She also returned to attacking Representative Marie Newman and her daughter, who is transgender. Yeah. uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene is. uh, How do I explain Marjorie Taylor Greene? Uh, she's uh, the, the newly elected congresswoman from Georgia. And uh, Q&I, everybody knows who Marjorie Taylor Greene is. QAnon supporter uh, for a while was uh, sort of uh, championing the notion uh, that uh, George Soros is responsible for forest fires in Northern California because like some laser <laughs> causing forest fires. A uh, very twisted woman. I just got to, you know, I get the fundraising appeals, D, uh, from the Republican Party. I'm on every mailing list, email mailing list. And I got Marjorie Taylor Greene's latest email, which calls Democratic uh, uh, Congresswomen the Jihad Squad. Uh, so she's clearly, clearly, clearly uh, trying to stir up all kinds of hatred in this country, playing on anti-Muslim feelings. Uh, so, yeah. There's uh, she'll sink as low as she can. She'll go. She goes below the toilet commercial. Well, below the toilet commercial of uh, DB, Darren Bailey. And uh, yeah, she's in the first Congress person. Of course, she would support is Mary Miller. And um, I don't know. It's it's frightening because the way our system is set up uh, because of gerrymandering that uh, Mary Miller and uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene could remain in Congress because the maps are set up in such a way that the most right-wing Muslim hating Jewish people hating uh, people of America are packed into their districts and will vote for them. Uh, But um, 
if we didn't have uh, gerrymandering, I do not believe this is so much faith I have in America. I do not believe a majority of voters would vote for people as hateful as Mary Miller and Marjorie Taylor Greene. So I am a supporter, ladies and gentlemen, of laws that would eradicate gerrymandering. I just think they have to be on the federal level, not state by state, because if it's state by state, it'll only happen in Democratic states. And it won't affect the Mary Millers, excuse me, it won't affect the Mary Tyler Greens, uh, Taylor Greens of the world at all in Georgia. So, yeah, D, I'm not surprised that she would show up. Uh, and by the way, how are you going to win statewide, DB, Darren Bailey? If your squad, hmm, using that term on you, consists of Mary Miller and Marjorie Taylor Greene. And by the way, <laughs> the Chicago Tribune editorial board, which I make fun of all the time, endorsed Mary Miller. How are they going to deal with the fact that uh, the Republican the leaders of the Republican Party in the state of Illinois are endorsed by Marjorie Taylor Greene. Hmm? Huh? Chicago Tribune? Looking forward to that editorial. So uh, not a good day for, I would say, the state of Illinois that the number two party in our state right now is being led by people like Mary Miller and Marjorie Taylor Greene. All right. Moving on to even more statewide news. Let's talk about legalized recreational reefer. And yes, it's still true. The state of Illinois still really likes getting high. That is correct. The state of Illinois finished the previous fiscal year with more than $317 million in cannabis taxes. That far eclipsed the $52.7 million the state collected for the previous year with just six months worth of sales. The Illinois Department of Financial and Professional Regulation reports total sales for May 2021 were nearly $116.4 million, nearly 50 or I'm sorry, nearly one and a half million dollars more than was sold in April. Total reported sales since January 2020 are more than $1.17 billion, billion with a B. Taxes on the sale can be more than 40% depending on the potency of the drug. The total tax revenue the Illinois Comptroller's Office reports for fiscal year 2021 was $317 million for full 12-month cycles that ended June 30th. Last year, with only six months of legal sales, the state saw around $52.7 million in taxes that makes the total amount of taxes reported so far more than $369 million. My God, this state likes getting high, Bendrovsky. Not just this state. Everybody likes getting high. And yet, and yet, Shakari Richardson cannot run for the United States in the 100-yard, excuse me, 100-meter race. they, They won't even let her run in a relay because she tested positive for cannabis. What a joke. We're still waging this bizarre war on drugs. Everybody loves to get high. If they don't love to get high, they love talking about how they used to get high. And it's, as Dennis just pointed out, there's no going back in Illinois because we need the money. And even if by some bizarre twist, Darren Bailey is actually elected governor of the state of Illinois, which I don't believe it will happen, but let's just think, I don't even think DB is going to get rid of reefer in the state of Illinois, legalized reefer, because he's going to need the money as much as any Democrat's going to need the money, unless they're just going to get rid of government altogether. 
which we experimented with, with the Bruce Rauner era. Republicans don't like to talk about that. But for four years, Bruce Rauner would not even produce a budget. His attitude was he was going to use the budget, a lack of a budget, as an extortion tool to force Democrats to pass rules that gutted union rights, took away collective bargaining rights. It's very important that people in the state of Illinois never forget that. Can't forget that. This is what the Republican Party stands for. And so reefer became legal in the state of Illinois only because J.B. Pritzker was victorious and immediately signed the bill when the Democrats in the face of Republican opposition passed it. Remember Bruce Rauner D, one of our favorite moments going on that radio show downstate. Uh, uh, oh, oh. They're drug dealers and hippies. <laughs> These dirty dopers got to learn. And this is my problem with you folks downstate. Now I'm going to say this guys. So Sorry, my mom's listening. So please be nice. <laughs> 38%, give a favorable rating to Pritzker from downstate, according to the Ogden and French fry poll. That means, hold on D going to do some really quick Dan Biss like math. 62% fall into the unfavorable category in some part of it or another. All right. So D, let me ask you this question. Here you go. Take 10 Altonians or Altonites. <laughs> yeah. 10. I'm sorry. The music gets me every time. Take 10 Altonites or Altonians. Put them in a room. Do you mean to tell me that six of them have never smoked marijuana? I don't believe you could find six out of 10 oh. who have never smoked marijuana. You've lived downstate. Go ahead, D. Oh, marijuana's child's play, baby. All of them have. <laughs> Hell yeah. And there's a good chance that all of those people will play Alice in Chains in the jukebox. They love that band downstate. Uh, who? <laughs> More rock and roll trivia coming up, guys. Don't oh. worry. Whoa. I'd never heard of that group before. <laughs> <laughs> Our, our host's ignorance is astounding sometimes. And very entertaining. We're going to have some more of that coming up. Okay. Uh, uh, ah, let's make fun of our host's ignorance about every something that everybody knows. One of my favorite parts of the Ben Jurassic show. So, downstaters, come on. You're weird. You're really weird. I'm and my that. mom stopped listening. <laughs> Except for Dee's mom, who's a great lady because she produced Dee, among other things. <laughs> Producer Vicky. Producer Vicky, yeah, she helps us out. She was, used to be a, uh, a fan of our show, D. Yeah. Um, in the old days. Uh, but um, what's your uncle's name again? Uncle uh, uh, Eldon. Yeah, yeah, hey, come on, fan. little Denny. <laughs> but downstaters, come on. You know, I love you. I, I almost voted for Bob Diver. I wish I had. Very jealous of Dennis because he did. You know, I love you, downstaters, but come on. You guys are weird, dude. Y'all smoke reefer. You love it. You love the when you put it in the cookies, the cookie man. Dennis talks about him. And yet you support Republicans. Well, never uh, I'm against the hippies. <laughs> hippies. You guys listen to hippie music? The guys who are playing the guitar and the bands you love look like hippies. You're weird. I'm just saying. You're weird. Okay, calling them weird like six or seven times. You say you love them. It's kind of a mixed message there, Ben. <laughs> well, it's kind of like me in Chicago. You know, think about it. I'm nicer to downstate people than I am to Chicago. Is you, uh, how about Robert Peters the other day? State Senator Robert Peters was on the show. 
uh, a progressive from uh, Hyde Park. And I uh, went on, uh, <laughs> I went on one of my uh, riffs or rants, whatever you want to call it, about dumb Chicago voters. And he immediately jumped in to correct me. The voters are not dumb, Ben. Don't say that. Millennials always correcting me of that. So I'm harder on Chicagoans, D, than I am on downstate. I'm just saying downstaters, you know, you're, if, uh, if DB, if you elect DB over JB, you might lose your rights to smoke dubby. I'm kind of trying to. <laughs> that was that was a nice try. It was a nice. It was a nice try. I was just <laughs> just saying, just saying, downstaters. All right, moving on. And yes, the rumors are true. Hot damn! The Illinois State Fair is back. <laughs> It's next month, August 12th through August 22nd. And no, that band with a pretty offensive name, Confederate Railroad, will not be performing this year. Fool us once, all right? Who will be performing this year, you ask? Well, 80s rock fans and Ben Jarofsky, hold on to your mullets. (laughs) (laughs) Brett Michaels. Yes, Brett Michaels, the front band from what band, Ben? You told me this earlier, and I forgot. Yes, I did. Um, uh, so I am just going to take a wild guess. Poison. Limp Biscuit. No, nope, you should have stopped it when you were at Poison, because, yes, it oh. is Poison. Great job. That is wow. correct. Just edit out the Limp Biscuit part, okay? Oh, shout out to John, by the way, on the live stream chat. He helped you out here, Ben. Do be. Do be. Oh, yeah. Edit that in, D. When you do the, uh, you know, edit that in. Thank you, John. Dude. Yo. <laughs> oh, my God. That's excellent. That was great. Uh, D, uh, take something a little uh, off of petty cash and uh, send it over to John, all right? Not, Just, not doing that. <laughs> but, yes, Brett Michaels, the front man from Poison, will be there, minus the rest of the band Poison. D. Snyder will be there. D. Snyder, the front man from what band, Ben? Uh, you asked me this earlier today, too, and I knew this earlier today. Um, uh, something uh, uh, twisted. Uh, you're, the, you're getting there. Twisted in, isn't twisted in there? Twisted's in there. Twisted lady? So close. <laughs> so, so close. <laughs> twisted sister. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> By the way, I watched The Cube. First time I ever watched Have you seen The Cube? Oh, no? Dwayne Wade? Yeah, it's very similar. Like everybody does it now. They all stole it from old boy. The guy who goes, is that your final answer? You know what I mean? Is that your final answer? <laughs> D Wade's now doing it. Oh, I was so close. Twisted s- s- sister. Twisted Twi- sister. Yeah. D yeah. Snyder uh, from Twisted Sister will be performing minus the rest of the band Twisted <laughs> Sister. But hey, the whole band of Dokken will be performing and George Lynch will be at the state fair this year. And now for the question that I know all of you are wondering, will there be a life-size cow made of butter? Yes, there will be a 2021 <laughs> Illinois state fair butter cow. It's the butter cow, which has nine hearts to represent the nine essential nutrients in milk. That's right. It's made entirely out of butter. And, it, you know, it's a state fair tradition since at least 1922. 22. No, you can't eat the cow, guys. 
Oh my God. That was my, ah, that's so pre pandemic day. So pre pandemic. Ah, the world was a simpler place. Ah, studios. <laughs> studios. Uh, yes. Uh, that was that, uh, downstate, uh, TV reporter who, by the way, uh, thank you for giving us that. I got to thank you. We've been using that. We've been milking that cow for a long time. That was oh. good. That was good. That was very good. good as- if DB replaces JB, there will be no more doobies. That is really good. <laughs> That's real good. <laughs> Damn, that guy is good. Damn. Uh, if we could all be John McDermott. Oh, it's Johnny Mac. It's oh, Johnny okay. Mac. Oh, very good, John. <laughs> all right. Anything else you'd like to add about the state fair this year? Uh, just that I won't be going again. No. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> Other than that. I'm happy for the rest of you. What artist would it take for you to get to that uh, state fair all the way in, uh, where is it at? Sandwich, Illinois, I believe. I don't remember where it's at. But what artist would it take for you to go to the state fair, Ben? Mm. Um, it would have to be an artist who uh, has passed on that I've never seen that I wish so I had. Never seen. going. So, okay. <laughs> so it's got to be a dead person coming back to life. So like uh, Prince, James Brown, Elvis. If Elvis came and played, I'd go. Dude, me too. I never saw Elvis. I always wanted his, I like the full band, the Beatles, Marvin Gaye. Oh, great. What a podcast host on the internet we have here. So if if there's any alive artist, any artists that are living that you may, uh, maybe uh, George Clinton in the P-Funk. Uh, I would I would go to see George Clinton. There Stevie we go. Wonder. Definitely Stevie Wonder. If Stevie Wonder is playing at the, I've never seen. No, oh no, that's not true. I've seen Stevie Wonder twice. What am I saying? <laughs> oh, how could I say that? It was such a delightful concert. I would I would go to the down the downstate all the way. I slept down there to see Stevie Wonder. Well, Generation Z. I swear the the second half of the show is going to be great. Sorry you had to tune out. <laughs> oh my God! They're like, what about the Chainsmokers, Ben? Would you go down there? Actually, I don't even think Generation Z. Isn't that a uh, millennial thing? That ch- Generation Z is going, chain who? Who? <laughs> Millennials are like, oh, my God, this younger generation. They don't like the chain smokers. All right, guys, and I swear this is the last piece of statewide Illinois news, and we'll get to the news of the city we of Chicago. we got to get to Lori. Lori Lightfoot. We're getting there. Uh, a lot of statewide news this week. A couple of months back, and in an attempt to get its citizens to get vaccinated, Governor Pritzker announced a $1 million lottery for everyone who was vaccinated in Illinois. Well, the state has actually followed through, and yesterday they announced a vaccine lottery winner. Ben, was it you? <laughs> yes really yes oh my god we can get a studio <laughs> don't get carried away yes <laughs> that's the would that be the first thing i buy a please studio? yes that would be kind of cool to have my own studio where would we put it i don't know I don't anywhere know. Really cool. somewhere close to my where i live so i don't have to travel how about my garage how about the porta potty we can outfit the porta that is unsanitary the following comes from the chicago sun times in mitchell armentrout a new kind of contact tracing is on chicago as public health officials track down illinois first one million dollar vaccine lottery winner yes someone from chicago has won the vaccine lottery uh one 
unvaccinated and one wildly lucky city resident was selected in the state's first drawing Thursday afternoon, along with three inoculated teens who've won $150,000 scholarships, one from Chicago, one from suburban Cook County, and one from DeKalb County. Get the corn. And according (laughs) to Governor Pritzker, their names will be announced in eight days unless they choose to remain anonymous. So yeah, is so, it, it's not you, Ben? Yeah. Uh, well, we'll never know. <laughs> no, if we suddenly get a guys, if you suddenly hear us talk about a new studio that we have, which would we really now I'm thinking about it. Wouldn't that be cool to have a studio, our own studio that we built with the million dollars that I won for getting immunized? Uh, man, that would be awesome. And uh but uh, if you suddenly hear us talk about our new studio, you know I want that lottery. <laughs> you know I want it because Dennis is right. That would probably be the first thing I do. New studio, that'd be cool. Yeah, guys, don't don't uh, expect to hear us at a new studio anytime soon. Because yeah. I don't think Ben won. I don't think I won either. <laughs> but Chicago Man won. So that sounds like a, a rock group. Chicago Man. Chicago man. Dennis may have won for all I know. Nah, didn't win. All right, on to the news in the city of Chicago. We begin with a follow-up from last week's story. Last Friday, a group of about 20 aldermen and women had an impromptu meeting with Chicago Police Superintendent David Brown. And, well, everyone saw this coming. During the six-hour meeting, Brown offered a few details about how CPD would tackle the looming weekend of crime that was on the way, and also made a not-so-subtle suggestion that the meeting was a waste of time. Brown suggested, for example, that he couldn't show his cards about CPD's strategy for the weekend because it would tip off gangbangers. <laughs> Meanwhile, three days later, Chicago had literally its most violent weekend in years. Boy, good thing he didn't show those cards there, Chief. I, I, I mean, this is not something to be funny about, so i just not quite sure what to say. Like, we don't want to know what our strategy is to keeping ourselves safe because we're afraid that people who might kill us will change their habits and then we won't be safe anymore. That's the logic of the people who run the city of Chicago. That makes absolutely no sense. Like, do you think gangbangers... I, I mean, it's deep. It's like, it's so bizarre. Do you think some guy who's just impulsively shoots people is going to change his impulsive behavior? Because what you, you say you're going to put more police in this neighborhood as opposed to that neighborhood. I just, you know, they treat us. People go, Ben, why do you keep saying Chicagoans are so dumb? And I'm like, cause you elect people who appoint people who treat you like you're dumb. They treat, they act like you're dumb. Here's a typical Chicagoan, a Chicago discussion. And this is not just quote unquote normal residents. This was in the Sun-Times editorial. I don't know what my beloved bright one. It's lost its mind lately with these editorials. It's like they're mad at the aldermen for having this special meeting to discuss what the police department is going to do about crime in Chicago because it would divert important time away from the schedule of David Brown. So why didn't David Brown come before the city council before? 
I can't recall ever a police chief coming before the city of Chicago and explaining what our philosophy is, what our strategy is when it comes to fighting crime. Half the time, I don't even know if there's a strategy. So what do they think David Brown's going to do? What, is he like going to be driving around Chicago stopping crime? That's not what a police chief does. I just, it's such a bizarre notion. Whenever the city council does anything, people get mad at them. You know what I mean? Like when they changed, when they had, they changed the name of Outer Drive to DeSable Drive. I read all these letters to the editor. What a waste of time to be discussing this when people are killing each other. Like, and they're not supposed to do anything else? Wait, they can't win. They call a meeting to discuss crime, and they're said, you're wasting the time of the police chief. Don't have a meeting to discuss crime. So they go, okay, we'll have a meeting, and we'll discuss changing the name of the drive. You're wasting time. You should be discussing crime. What do you want, Chicago? And say, these are the people you elect. We have not had a meaningful discussion on what to do about the carnage in the streets of Chicago in my entire lifetime living in this city. I could tell you that, folks. All we do is total up at the end of a week the carnage that has happened. And then there's these editorials, something has to be done. And then the week goes by and we total up again. But if anybody tries to discuss it, it's you're wasting our time. And then David Brown's, I'm not going to tell you what I'm going to do to fight crime because I don't want the criminals to know. But, <laughs> D, I just find it so absurd sometimes. Yeah, the way they uh, scoff <laughs> at uh, these aldermen for, like, I don't know, caring about important issues and they call it a waste of time. No, guys, this is a waste of time. Everyone's going to be excited. <laughs> People are going to lose their minds. I'm ready. Whoa! <laughs> Stupid commercials about Lollapalooza is a waste of time, if you ask me. Well done, D. <laughs> yes. That was really well done. That Chicagoans. Okay? There you go. And the Chicagoans are, oh, she's so funny. Our mayor is so witty. We need a witty mayor who's funny. All right? <laughs> but have a discussion about what to do about crime. It's a waste of time. Okay. Have a discussion about whether we should reach name Lakeshore Drive. Waste of time. What do you guys want them to do? Yeah. What do you, guys, what do you want them to do, Chicago? A discussion about crime on one of the most violent weekends uh, in Chicago. Not a waste of time. This. <laughs> An utter waste of time. Oh, God. What a city. And yet, I chose to live here, D. What does that say about me? <laughs> All right. We're going to DeKalb. Studio in DeKalb coming soon. All right. On to Chicago school news. It looks like the teachers union have some plans before returning to school this fall. The following comes from Chalkbeat.org. The Chicago teachers union wants school district officials to agree to help vaccinate the majority of eligible students and to guarantee teleworking options. 
options for some teachers before reopening schools this fall. In the proposal made public Tuesday, the district would work with city health officials to vaccinate 80 percent of eligible students before October 1st through a mix of school-based clinics and coordination of home-based vaccination visits. The union said it delivered the document dated July 5th to no longer CPS CEO Janice Jackson, but interim CEO Jose Torres and Mayor Lori Lightfoot on Monday evening. The union's fall reopening proposal also asks for more mental health positions funded from the central office, a 10 percent boost in special education and arts teachers, and a rent assistance program for families experiencing housing instability. The district said in a statement when asked to comment on the CTU's demands, quote, CPS and CTU agree on returning to in-person school five days per week next school year, and we look forward to considering CTU's proposal at the negotiating at the negotiating table. Sure you do. Under the union proposal, <laughs> you guys hate when they do that. We look forward. That's so passive aggressive. Uh, under the union proposal, Chicago public schools would extend into the fall its current rules requiring indoor mask wearing, safety screenings before entering buildings, and social distancing metrics set by the state health department and school board, which currently remain at six feet. According to the union, district officials and union leadership were set to discuss demands Tuesday afternoon. Now, think about this, Chicago. Think about this, Chicago. What in that union list of demands do you object to? Now, I know the, the MAGA hat wearers in Chicago. There are some. What did, uh, I think Trump got, I don't know, 18% of the vote. So there are some MAGA hat wearers in the city of Chicago. So you're probably against everything that's on that list. There's now a movement, by the way, uh, of, so I don't know if it's a movement. I got an email from some right winger raising money on it. So I don't know if that constitutes a movement. Maybe it's just a shakedown, but uh, there's an effort, uh, a proposal out there just to get rid of public schools altogether because they're just radical and they're just brainwashing kids. Uh, this is from a guy who's trying to brainwash people into uh, sending him money. So I know, so there are people in the city of Chicago who would just be a knee jerk against anything the Chicago teachers union has to offer. But for the rest of you, for the 80 plus percent who voted for Joe Biden, for the 80 plus percent of Chicagoans who call themselves Democrats or call themselves progressives or call themselves liberals or call themselves caring people who worry about like our future, if we don't uh, adequately educate our children. What is there in that proposal that you would be against? More art teachers? Are you against that? And yet, whenever the Chicago Teachers Union, a sponsor of this show, by the way, and I'm not going to say about time. I'm not going to say that, Chicago Teachers Union. I'm going to say thank you. Because <laughs> about time would sound like I wasn't thankful, right, D? Yeah, but you kind of said it just I said kind of, But thank you. But really, whenever the Chicago Teachers Union makes any kind of suggestion, demand, proposal, whatever, corporate Chicago goes crazy. Editorial Chicago, get back in that classroom and shut up. You're lucky we pay you at all. Take that raise and shut up. Just a real weird city. They're, They're the ones proposing the things that you want, and you get mad at them when they propose it. And I, it, it's so many reporters are brainwashed, D. I've had so many questions. Well, Ben, I know you like Stacey Davis Gates, but you have to admit, 
you know, they just don't like glory. Yeah. It just like reporters instinctively have been taught. Like at the teachers, they don't trust the teachers. And my guy, reporters, most of you are in a union now. Most of your existence is protected by collective bargaining rights. You realize that it's a very dangerous world out there. Nobody cares about you. I just say in reporters, having been in this industry for a long time, and you're out of desperation. Many of you have joined, formed a union with the notion that there's strength in numbers. And yet, when teachers do it, well, Ben, you know, I don't know, could you tell Stacy not to be? Yeah, they, they always act like I have influence. It was the same thing with Karen. Could you tell your friend not to be so belligerent? I'm going to call uh, Karen, all these nervous Nellies on the north side of Chicago are really worried that you're belligerent. Karen Lewis would tell me that, go beep yourself. Then we would talk about the latest Quentin Tarantino movie, Miss Karen Lewis, immensely. So, yeah, I'm with the teachers union on this one. It makes perfect sense. And yeah, right. We look forward to <laughs> Yeah, right. You do. Chicago Board of Education. I say that every time, but I don't think you're really looking forward to it. By the way, SDG, Stacey Davis Gates will return to the show next week. Yes, I got to deal with her. Come on, Stacey. I'm busy, but all right for you, man. (laughs) SDG, you know, I love you. We always love SDG. Any chance of uh, Jesse Sharkey coming on anytime soon? I've never had. I I don't know. It's just always. It's not like I like one more than the other. I mean, I know SDG. I, don't, I met Jesse. He's a cool guy. All right. You want me to get Jesse Sharkey on the show? I'll reach out to him. Jesse Sharkey, what do you say? I am. Um, huh? What? Right now. Um, okay. By the way, I just got to say this. This is not where well, you're on our list of things. But uh, all you lefties out there, including my beloved Chicago Teachers Union, you know I love you. Working families, I, you know I love you. You know I love all my lefty friends. Come on now. I'm just going to say you guys worshipped at the shrine of Tony Preckwinkle. Oh, my God. Did I hear it back in 2019? Ben, you got to vote for Tony Preckwinkle. Ben, you got to vote for Tony Preckwinkle. Have you been watching what Tony Preckwinkle's been doing at SEIU 73? Lefties of Chicago? Talk about hardball. That's like hardball in the head. So I stated back in 2019, I didn't believe there was a real progressive in the race. The word progressive is so overused anyways, meaningless. And Tony Preckwinkle, I'm very disappointed with how she's handling it. And this is like hardball tactic. Come on, Tony Preckwinkle, cut a deal with SEIU 73 and end that strike. For goodness sakes. All right, moving on. Hey, did you hear the news? Of course you did. People wouldn't shut up about it. Come on, man. President Joe Biden <laughs> came to Chicago this week. <laughs> I have all the details thanks to Shia Kapos in Illinois Politico. First, there was the tarmac moment. Both Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot and Lady Ben was just talking about. Cook County Board President Tony Preckwinkle welcomed the president on the tarmac at O'Hare International Airport. The cameras captured it all, but there was no audio, just a bunch of body movement and even hugging. It was kind of awkward, but it was enough for political junkies all across the city to wonder... What were the president, the mayor, and that other lady talking about? (laughs) All right, we have the details, but Ben, what do you think that exchange sounded like between Biden, Lightfoot, and Preckwinkle? 
well, uh, uh, first of all, I didn't let Tony talk. <laughs> okay. It is the funniest thing, man. Our Chicagoans, you are a trip. And the center of your universe is the mayor. And this is why Tony Preckwinkle wanted to exchange your position as president of the, the board, Cook County board, which I don't know, there's more people in Cook County. So you think that would have more power and, you know, but no mayor is Chicago is the center of the universe. So the mayor and Joe Biden are talking, whispering in each other's ears. And Tony Preckwinkle was standing over like, <laughs> she's, she's the chair of the Cook County democratic party, Joe Biden. You know, it's a powerful position, but nope, <laughs> Biden's only talking to the mayor. And and you don't ever see anybody, reporter in Chicago, asking, well, what did Biden say to Tony Preckwinkle? Nobody cares. What did he say to Lori Lightfoot? What did she say to him? <laughs> and that's what reporters are all speculating about now, D. Uh, and by the way, yeah, Tony Preckwinkle and Lori Lightfoot, they don't look like they get along at all. I'm just saying, you oh, know, really? <laughs> God damn. I wonder what happened there. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I don't know. Now that's all the speculation. You know how this game is played, D, you know. So uh, Lori Life with the people, they put out a message to reporters. They call them up and go, okay, I'm going to tell you what happened. But this is on background only. You can't quote me. Oh, yeah, yeah. Off the record. Off the record, yeah. Lori Lightfoot laid into Joe Biden and told him in no uncertain terms that she wants reinforcement in the city of Chicago to fight crime because she cares about the people. Now, don't say anybody, don't tell anybody I told you that. Now, just think about that, folks. That message, which is told, transmitted off the record, private conversations, only, only bolsters Lori Lightfoot. Why is that off the record conversation? I don't think. I just I, I after I, stepping off Air Force One, <laughs> Biden was greeted by Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot. The two stood close, very close. Uh, still a pandemic, but close in conversation as the mayor updated the president on the shooting yesterday morning of two ATF officials and a police officer. Biden expressed his personal support on the issue. According to spokeswoman Jen Psaki, Lightfoot also praised Biden for listening to the needs of cities and for the federal government's plans for public safety reform. According to the mayor's spokeswoman, Biden, uh, in turn, said the Justice Department would soon be in touch about executing those plans, which include a strike force. The president then pivoted to Preckwinkle and Preckwinkle hugged Joe Biden. (laughs) About that hug, Preckwinkle later told Politico that, quote, everyone knows what big city mayors do, but people don't know what county leaders do and that it's really critical. Preckwinkle, who admires that Biden also worked as a county commissioner before he was elected to the Senate, then thanked the president for federal efforts to ramp up vaccine production and distribution. Preckwinkle said she told him that we had six mass vaccination sites as a result of our vaccine allocation and that we couldn't have done it without the federal government's help and support. She said, I gave the president a big hug and said, I'm grateful for him. Before speaking at McHenry County College, Biden also held private meet and greets with Governor J.B. Pritzker, Representative Robin Kelly, who is also Illinois' Democratic Party chair, Representative Lauren Underwood, who hosted Biden and brought her parents along for the event, Representative Sean Kasten, Raja Krishnamurthy, Lieutenant Governor Juliana Stratton, and ECW House 
Speaker Emanuel Chris Welch. Welch said he spoke to Biden about his infrastructure plan and about being the new speaker. Uh, let's see here. And uh, then finally, obviously, Biden's speech at the community college in McHenry County. Play the radio. Make sure the television, <laughs> the, excuse me, make sure you have the record player on at night. The, the, the phone, make sure the kids hear words. Yeah, no, this first visit uh, a, a Democratic president has made uh, to Chicago since, I guess, uh, obviously, Barack Obama's farewell tour. Remember, he came to Chicago. Uh, Buttercup. Uh, I want to say uh, farewell uh, to everybody. Um, and I, I was overwhelmed with uh, nostalgia when that happened and dread and fear of uh, Trump. Uh, and I was really feeling Barack Obama as president. Uh, I don't feel strongly about him now. Because I kind of think to a certain degree. Because you woke up and kind of realized, oh, my God, <laughs> Bernie Sanders is the real guy trying to do some good shit. Yeah, you're probably right. Uh, no, no tip and pippin. Uh, take probably out of that sentence. But anyway, um, uh, that, you know, some of the uh, the politics of Obama, the bio, the, the constant uh, reassurance that there could be some bipartisan working uh, in government is an illusion a delusion and we're still stuck to it with uh, Joe Biden to a certain degree. Uh, by the way, you notice there were no Republicans there to greet the uh, president back in the old days. Oh my God, am I showing my age in the seventies when a Repub when a president, no matter of what party uh, came to Chicago, all the leaders would show up because it was a matter of respecting the office. Well, those days are so freaking long gone. I mean, if any <laughs> Trump, did Trump, Trump came to Chicago, I, b I believe, once during his presidency. Yeah, yeah he, was he was at UIC. No, no, oh, no, that was before. He, that was before, yeah. He didn't come. He got yeah. chicken. Oh, I'm not going there. Oh, there was yeah. like fights going on. Uh, he came, I believe he had a fundraising event in Chicago at, uh, when he was president. But it was like, fly in, get out. Uh, and uh, But nobody greeted him. No Democrat would dare to greet him at the because he's hated by uh, Dems in Chicago and the state of Illinois. So those days are so long gone, but I remember, you know, like Jimmy Carter comes to town, uh, Governor Thompson would greet him as well because he's the president. Uh, it's, it's just a whole uh, different era, obviously. So this notion that we have this bipartisanship that doesn't exist and the Democrats are holding back on uh, pushing hard for the programs they believe in while they wait for Republicans to support them is, like I said, is delusional. And, uh, it's in part promoted by Barack Obama. So anyway, I uh, I'm happy that Joe Biden came to the state of Illinois. I'm perplexed that he would come to Crystal Lake. I'm not quite sure what good it did. Uh, I'm sure he's getting nothing but grief from MAGA uh, for uh, ha not having mentioned the shootings uh, that took place. Uh, the two uh, federal agents and the police officer who were shot yesterday and he didn't mention that in his speech so i'm sure he's getting nothing but grief from maga d so i'm not sure how it's going to help him politically but it is sure doing wonders for Lori lightfoot that's for certain everybody's like what did Lori tell the president <laughs> and speaking of mayor lightfoot actually couldn't stay long for the biden bash in fact, she may have went straight from the tarmac onto a plane because Mayor Lightfoot visited California this week. Oh, get the bong out, man. She was in San Francisco. She visited with San Francisco Mayor London Breed, as well as executives from Ben's favorite Uber Freight <laughs> and Salesforce, the two tech companies that already have plans to expand their Chicago footprint. And according to Illinois Politico, Lori Lightfoot sounded 
optimistic that her visit to the Bay Area was a success. Now, there were critics who saw her trip as ill-timed, given the city just saw 100 weekend shootings. And she called attention to that, saying, quote, look, that's what cell phones and laptops are for. I'm never far from Chicago, whether I'm there or not. She also noted that a federal strike force is coming soon to help manage Chicago's crime problem. Uh, she said there's a sense of urgency about it. But she said the best and most effective solution is to create jobs. Sure. Hmm. She then went on to remind San Francisco, hey, that they have problems too, along with L.A. and New York. She also dismissed a false. Uh, she also dismissed as false a report from a conservative news outlet that she asked Joe Biden to send troops to Chicago, and she acknowledged that she'll be doing a little fundraising while she's in the Bay Area, though she declined to say what uh, she or who she'd be meeting on the political side. Her spokesman later tweeted out pictures of the mayor with a cookbook author, Aisha Curry. Oh, really? Yeah. She was with Aisha Curry? Did yeah. I know? Look, I'm a pro oh, a basketball related thing. Oh, <laughs> wait, did uh, did she have a fundraiser or not? Did they say she had a fundraiser? Because that's that's what I thought she went out. It said for. she'll be doing a little fundraising while yeah, in the well, Bay Area. So see, this is the thing, Chicagoans. Here's the thing. The people you elect as mayors of your city, and I cannot make fun of you without making fun of myself on this one because I voted for it twice. Dennis is so proud of himself on this one. Yeah, well, of course. Uh, but anyway, the people you elect as mayors of your city are exceedingly popular outside of your city. In fact, I came up with this theory during the ROM years. The further away you get from the city of Chicago, the more popular our mayors are. Why is that, Chicago? Hmm, let's think about that. <laughs> our mayors are symbols of something. The symbols of what? I don't know. They, they're symbols of progressive, in quotes, pragmatic, in quotes. Big city mayors who are tackling the tough problems. That's what their symbols are. If you reduce it, that's that's like what they've successfully branded themselves. But meanwhile, the reality is our city is got a lot of problems. And the further away the mayor goes from the problems, the better he or she looks and feels and is sure of themselves. So if you and also the other thing is they meet people who don't know what the hell's going on in Chicago. So, like, you're being interviewed by some national correspondent. He or she, A, doesn't know what's happening in Chicago, and B, doesn't care about what's happening in Chicago. More likely than not is of sort of the, from the progressive persuasion. And in their mind, oh, Lori Lightfoot? She's black? She's a lesbian? Oh, she must be really cool. And that is reduced. And Rom. Rahm was reduced to the Democrat who knows how to win. We have to talk to Rahm to learn how to win. That's based on the 2006 congressional elections when the Democrats took control of the House and Rahm was the leader of the congressional effort. Uh, everybody forgets that in four years, <laughs> almost every one of those congressmen lost and the Republicans took control of the House. We always forget that part of the equation. Rahm is still living on, living on that reputation 15 years later. You got George Stephanopoulos. Rom, what can Democrats do to win? George, why are you listening to Rom? Every success they had in 2006 was wiped out in 2010. Why don't you listen to some left? Why don't you listen to Bernie Sanders? It's too left. 
So yeah, Chicago mayors, D, they've successfully branded themselves as these pragmatists, progressive pragmatists. And how further you away you get from Chicago, the more people love them. And then Chicagoans with that second city complex, and they see how popular the mayor is, let's say in Washington or New York or San Francisco. Oh, that's our mayor. I feel proud. I'm a Chicagoan. That's my mayor. So anyway, D, that's that is why mayors love to leave Chicago. And plus, you get to raise a little money. I'm sure there's a lot of, you know, but I don't know. California's got its issues of its own, politically speaking. September 14th is a recall election to recall Governor, Governor Newsom. So he's going to be shaking down people in San Francisco for campaign funds, too. Everybody is going to be going to San Francisco. Well, I'll, I'll take a San Francisco trip from the current mayor over uh, the Michigan trip from our last mayor. I just biked around Lake Michigan, nearly a thousand miles. No one cares. All right. Oh, and a little stat that we learned from Lightfoot's pitch to San Francisco executives. Apparently, Chicago is identified as the number one easiest city to start a business. How did you go from sharing stories over the years to deciding to write a book? Good question, Mayor. Good question. <laughs> Questions. <laughs> it's a, according to who is Chicago number one? I mean, that Ogden Fry poll again? Is that that? Was that that Ogden French Fry poll again? <laughs> <laughs> and, and finally, we end with another follow up from last week. Alderwoman Carrie Austin. Sup pumps? Really? According to Austin, no, not really. Okay, that was not right. The following comes from the Chicago Sun-Times and John Seidel. Longtime Alderwoman Carrie M. Austin, Ben of what ward? Oh, my God. I just popped out of my mind. 34. Oh, what a freak. He, <laughs> she pleaded not guilty through her lawyer during her arrangement Thursday, one week after she became the third sitting member of the Chicago City Council to face a federal indictment. Austin's chief of staff, Chester Wilson Jr., also pleaded not guilty through his lawyer. Their arrangement took place by telephone before U.S. District Judge John Ness. Austin spoke only briefly as the hearing began, answering most questions from the judge with, yes, sir. A federal grand jury last week accused Austin of bribery and lying to the FBI in a 19-page indictment that also charged Wilson with bribery and theft of government funds. Well, people are uh, uh, innocent until proven otherwise, Chicago, and so calm down, all right? Uh, that, but having said that, that indictment really kind of made me sad. It just was like, I mean... He didn't need that stuff, Kerry Austin. I mean, being Alderman pays a decent salary. It's a sad D, you know. Um, and of course, <laughs> already in the Tribune ad and editorial today, Alderman and prerogative. See, see what it leads to. Let's give more power to the mayor somehow or other. That gets translated, giving more power to the mayor. Uh, I was thinking of Kerry uh, Austin, uh, D, uh, when. Uh, Dave Glowatz did an outstanding, if I may say so, uh, job with the clips from the recent city council meeting. And then we talked about them. And there's uh, some excerpts of uh, Alderwoman Austin chiming in on behalf of Lori Lightfoot. She's a mayoral supporter, always been a mayoral supporter. So that's funny. You know, somehow or other, automatic prerogative is the problem. And all these people getting in trouble are mayoral supporters. Uh, anyway, um, and then what we did. I'm going to turn this into a plug for uh, this weekend's show. We took those, uh, 
recordings of the city council meeting. And then uh, what a great sport. Alderwoman Maria Haddon came on the show from the 49th Ward. We did an interview yesterday uh, and we played those excerpts, including the one where uh, Carrie Austin is talking. And then Maria Haddon broke it down. Did a very great analysis of what was going on, the parliamentary maneuvers, what like what Rule Twenty One means, what Rule Forty One means, what lay it on the table means, <laughs> lay it on the table. Uh, Ed Burke's role and all this really fascinating stuff. If you you know, like I know Dennis might say, well, it's geeky stuff, but if you want to know how your city works, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to know, uh, I urge everybody to check out that Maria Haddon interview, which I believe will drop Saturday tomorrow. Uh, we're going to drop that one Saturday. Uh, but uh, when I, I just, there was Carrie Austin and uh, on behalf of uh, arguing on behalf of mayor Lori Lightfoot. And so that's how it goes. Uh, D I'm just saying, I think the people I'm going to the Ben theory, which you're free uh, to spread the people who get in trouble in Chicago, the aldermen who get in Chicago are more often than not the mayoral loyalists. I've not, you, you mentioned that and I've never thought about it, but it's totally true. The ones who get in trouble, yes. The ones who get in trouble in the most pettiest <laughs> shakedowns you can imagine are usually the ones who are so loyal to the mayor. And my guess is that that loyalty to the mayor builds this phony sense of security on their part. Like, well, the, I got the mayor's support. Nothing can happen to me. You know, that's that Chicago attitude that the mayor is all powerful. I guess Alderman subscribed to it as well. I just noticed that, D. The yeah. ones who get indicted yeah. tend to be mayoral loyalists. It's almost like Can't the re- mayor's a, a front, and behind the mayor are these weasels that have been in the politics for years. Those are the people. The mayor is a front. Hold on. Ah, yeah, making sense. <laughs> it's true. True, though. Mayor, mayor front. and meanwhile, Front foot. <laughs> Meanwhile, Alderman of Prerogative. It's out. I wonder if Mayor Lightfoot uh, in San Francisco denounced Alderman of Prerogative to those uh, funders who are giving her money to her campaign. Could you imagine that if people in San Francisco, like, I'm very concerned about Alderman of Prerogative. What are you doing to combat it? Uh, and uh, Lori Lightfoot, I'm standing strong. Again. <laughs> Do you think Mayor Lori Lightfoot, when she leaves Chicago, ever talks about Alderman Prerogative other than to say, can you believe those dumb Chicago voters? They <laughs> voted for me in part because I was going to get rid of Alderman and Prerogative and the Aldermen don't have power to do anything. They're puppets. I mean, the people, this is the big issue in Chicago. The people who have, we're against the power that the people who don't have power have. The Tribune writes an editorial. Alderman and Prerogative must go. Or can you imagine her going to San Francisco and like trashing like the progressive Alderman? Oh, this guy, Carlos, what a hippie. Let me tell you about him. <laughs> uh, yes, actually, I, I kind of could see that going. <laughs> you know, like uh, that Rachel Nichols uh, tape. We, t- we talked about that a little bit uh, on the show. I'm utterly obsessed with that story. Um, but uh, could you imagine if they had a tape of like Lori Lightfoot's pitch to the funders <laughs> that would be an interesting take and yeah carlos that hippie you know rosanna rodriguez sanchez that freak <laughs> anybody who comes on the ben jarowski show oh my god jt Jeanette taylor so, imagine what she says about them and yes guys i know you were wondering and it's true it that was 
the latest episode of everyone's favorite Chicago political drama, episode 603 of A Mayor and Her Alderman. <laughs> a Mayor and Her Alderman. I want an answer. It's not something you ignore. I think you're 100% full of shit, is what I think. If you think... Oh. You know, we've been playing that for about a year now, and I still have the same reaction every time. Never gets old. No, it does and, not. Uh, never gets old. Well, no offense. That's my favorite part. <laughs> By the way, do you think they discussed that in San Francisco? Do you know when she's I mean, shaking them down for funds? You know, you think oh, that's a bad use of words. When she's raising money in San Francisco, do you think she talks about that? Um, Mayor Lightfoot, I listen to the Ben Jarofsky show and I hear all the time that exchange with you. <laughs> By the way, no offense. Uh, you know, nothing good is going to come after no offense. I was just thinking about this because Mike Novak, when I was talking to him, he had this one line. He goes, I hate to tell you. And I go, uh oh, I hate to tell you whatever comes after that. Not good. Sure. Like no offense. Not good. What's yeah. going to come I hate there. to tell you, and no offense, are like in the same family for yeah. sure. Uh, <laughs> for sure, oh. without a doubt. All right, everybody. So there you go. That was our local news, statewide and citywide. Remember, you could download previous Ben Jarofsky shows, Benny J bonus interviews like this weekend's bonus interviews, and so much more at chicagoreader.com forward slash Jarofsky or wherever else you download your favorite podcast. You can always send us an email, bennyjshow at gmail.com. Uh, leave your name and where you're from. It's pretty helpful uh, when reading your emails on the program, bennyjshow at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us on social media at bennyjshow, B-E-N-N-Y, the letter J show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can call the Ben Jarofsky show. It's true. We have a phone number. Haven't gotten a call in a while. Be great to hear from you. 708-658-4788. The number again is 708-658-4788. Call the Ben Jarofsky Show. Leave us a voicemail. And, I mean, even if you prank us, there's a good chance that we will play your voicemail on the program. We'd like to thank everybody for listening. Hold on a second. Yeah? What's that? Oh, Ben, the newsroom. <laughs> newsroom is flagging me down. Haven't heard from these wackos in a while. Yeah, I, I haven't. I thought we fired them in the <laughs> You and me talk. both, but they keep showing up. So, I mean, I won't turn down free help. It okay. is free help. I'm not paying them a dime. But let me run over to the newsroom, see what they got. Boy, this better be good. We were just about done. Hang tight. Hey, give me the story. We're almost done. <laughs> what? Never. I'm not going to Lollapalooza. <laughs> cesspool that thing oh okay uh, all right well we do have an update before we go hey weather fans i'm illinois extension listen <laughs> here's the weekend weather forecast from the north where's to the trent south ford across the uh. state beginning in the northern part of illinois huh? there'll be a 77 degree high on saturday with a 63 degree low saturday <laughs> evening a 35 percent chance of light rain maybe some showers and who is this guy during the day on Saturday, that'll increase to 50% overnight. And then Sunday, 55% chance of light rain and showers in the northern part of Illinois, 74 degrees. For okay, I don't know who the hell that was. It made Trent Ford sound like the most entertaining man on the planet. I, <laughs> I know, they changed things. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, was not, guy. that was not Trent Ford. Hold on, let me hear. I'm Illinois Extension's Tugless, and here's the... Ex uh, Tugless? I'm Illinois Extension's Tug. Listen, I don't know what the hell is going on. <laughs> Newsroom, what? 
Oh, the newsroom's falling down on the job there. Okay, newsroom. Come on, we just gave you that raise. We doubled your salary, all right? Let's pick it up a little bit, okay? Yeah, two coupons to Applebee's a week. We extended your raise. All right, very good. I want to thank the newsroom for doing an outstanding job, as they always do. Of course, thank the real newsroom of the Benjurowski Show, the man with the legend, prior Joy Illinois, without whom the show ain't possible. And as everyone can tell you in that newsroom, as Lori Lightfoot can tell you, as Governor Pritzker can tell you, as Joe Biden can tell you, and as Tony Preckwood can tell you, back home in Alton, they call him White Lightning. Give yourself a raise, take it out of petty cash. Have a great weekend, everybody. I just biked around Lake Michigan. Nearly a thousand miles. Nearly a thousand miles. I just... I just... Bike...